remember the kid that was older than you that got that girl pregnant and migrated in like the end of ninth grade? He was like a oh, he was graduated. Yeah, he hung yep. around. Yep, forgot about that. He did hang around the school a lot. I mean, he mostly stayed off the property, but he was usually right out past the football field fence. Because well, yeah, yeah. that's technically a fucking crime. He should stay off the property. <laughs> <laughs> there are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. Oh yeah. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Howdy. And Casey. What it is. Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? This month, our theme is School Sucks. It's that time of year when kids are going back to classes, not us because we old, but, you know, kids. <laughs> so we're watching movies taking place in schools. Uh, last week, we kicked it off with The Substitute, uh, which was mm. a film. Yes, it was. Jay, this week was your turn, so what did we watch? On this week's episode, we watched 1996 High School High. <laughs> yeah, we did. Starring John Lovitz. He stole it. I mean, was it starring John Lovitz? Like, he yes. was present, and he was the biggest name in it. All right. Cinema's in session. Jay, before we go further, I need an elevator pitch from you. So sell me this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your scenario. You have an associate's degree. Therefore, you are qualified to go into a room full of rowdy-ass kids with guns, mm -hmm. knives, and weaponized chewing gum. In the 10 seconds before you get hit with a piece of gum containing 1% yeah. milk and immediately explode, sell me this movie. <laughs> Wealthy white guy Mr. Magoo's dangerous minds to gentrify themselves by their bootstraps. That's six seconds, I think. I didn't half. count because I was like, all of those are words. It, yes. Mm, it took yeah. me a minute to catch up, but yes. Right, like I forgot, I actually forgot to stop counting because I was just trying to chew through all of it. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, that was. I think you really thanks. hit the nail on the head there, Casey. As usual, I happened to get hit at a really inopportune moment. I was mixing some chemicals at that exact moment that I was hit, and so when I exploded, the entire room explodes. And you're in the floor below, which is about to collapse down on you. So in the ten it's seconds romantic. before the floor comes down and smoshes you with fire. Sell us on this movie. What if naked, gunned, and dangerous minds toss Leslie Nielsen and substituted John Lovitz? Swap the Coke for diet, and you've got yourself a watered-down parody. Nine seconds. And that might and be I closer like than diet my Coke. I like okay. Diet Coke. <laughs> I don't. So John Lovitz is my Diet Coke in a naked gun film right I, now. I'll take yeah. it. I like I'll Honey Jack and shit. Diet. This I was gonna say this isn't the this isn't the Diet Coke of that. This is the is Pepsi okay? But actually I think the more <laughs> apt analogy would be this would be the is RC Cola okay. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Focus. We need to get through the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Okay, don't yell at me, I'm sensitive. <laughs> John Lovitz plays the hapless Richard Clark, a newly promoted daddy's boy who quits his job at the esteemed Wellington Academy. 
Clark desires to make a difference in his students' lives. So, you know, he sets out to the worst school in the state, Marionberry High. Marionberry is very high. Or, at the very least, they dress <laughs> up the statue of Marionberry, complete with a bong. <laughs> so Clark's first day is kind of chaotic, to say the least. His car gets stolen pretty much immediately. Uh, his briefcase is stolen. He gets into the middle of a gang war, and then he meets the woman of his dreams. Oh, as well as my dreams! Seriously, it's Cassandra from Wayne's World. Mine, too. The principal's administrative assistant, Tia, is the only person at Marion who is helpful or sympathetic to the bumbling Clark. But even she isn't able to stop him from starting a gang war and destroying her beautiful 1959 Corvette C1. Oh, oh God, that hurt. Just, no, that was the most painful part of the movie. Let's, let's just put it behind us. On a high note, though, the sacrifice of that just gorgeous vet was enough for Clark to gain a little bit of trust and respect from his unruly students. His biggest challenge, however, is the freshly released from Juvie, Griff, played by a bald Mackay Pfeiffer. He is literally a baby in this film. A zygote. He's so young. Gross. Gross. Clark does whatever it takes, though, to reach this kid. He follows Griff to the strip club that he lives at just to convince him that he has the potential for college. Griff reluctantly agrees, and the rest of the class montages their way through study, community cleanup, and even Shakespeare at the strip club. I would pay. I would actually not bitch about paying a cover charge to go see that at a titty bar. <laughs> like, Big Titty Macbeth, yes, absolutely. Yeah, Midsummer's I, I think... Night Cream, you got it. Oh! Honestly, if I rocked up to the doors of a strip club and they were like, it's a $5 cover and also we're just performing Macbeth tonight, 100%, I'm paying that cover. All's going pretty well until Guillermo Diaz's villain, Paco, oh hey, he's in this too, uh, attacks Tia and Clark <laughs> in the library and switches out the test for the college entrance exam. Things all come to a boil when the whole class fails thanks to Diaz's antics, forcing Griff to rejoin his gang. And determined to let him waste his talent, Tia and Clark go undercover to get him out, discovering the kingpin running the operation was the principal the whole time. Okay, she was no Ernie Hudson, but I won't lie and say she didn't do anything for me. <laughs> she had, she she had She Those power suits were powerful. Clark, Griff, and Tia battle the thugs, escape unscathed, get the right test scores, and voila, like, six-ish people graduate, and Clark gets promoted <laughs> yeah. as the new principal of Marionberry High. Uh, it's a happy ending, not very surprising, but what may be surprising is Roger Ebert gave this a half-star higher rating than last week's The Substitute. <laughs> um, I don't know why. He literally likes it better. Just, he likes it better. Can't, I, don't, I don't know what to do with this information. What you will. <laughs> I just feel like if I sat him down in a room and made him choose between the two of them, like maybe he chooses high school high. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. He's been dead for seventeen years, man. You have it's to believe fact, it. Dave. The substitute you got can't one argue star. With the this got one and a half. Dave, maybe Roger Ebert gave it one and a half stars. Because Macbeth Strip Club is a fucking admittedly brilliant idea. You know what? It's... I feel like there's some cut footage that we missed out on. And maybe a director's cut that had like an act of Titty Bar Macbeth. 
and that could have got us to two stars. Case, it sounds like you would go, Dave. Would you go to see Macbeth at the titty bar? Like a titty bar Macbeth? Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely end up popping Follow into up. that strip club. Follow-up question. So say it's going to be like a three-hour event, and you're mm-hmm. already kind of backish when you came in. Are you eating yeah. at Macbeth Titty Bar Buffet? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me add it. I'm no, feeling I'm, I'm feeling crazy right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for Dubai. the story of the night, not the stomach bug. Okay. <laughs> I so, like to gamble. I do. And I've got a pretty strong guts. What do you think it would go like? What what does a production of Macbeth look like in a strip club? Honestly, they forgot I don't feel like to they were switch out the this. fake knife and someone's really getting stabbed by the end of <laughs> the end of the show. Someone's absolutely getting stabbed either on stage or off. Oh man, sorry. I got to derail slightly cuz you just reminded me of this. So House mothers are not prop masters. The uh the the Punisher film with uh Jane what's his name? Thomas Jane. Yeah, Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. That's it. Yeah. So uh Kevin Nash is in that as the Russian, the just huge hulking guy yeah. in it. And it's great because like and when they fights were, in the apartment. Yeah. And when the, it's he's great because it's Kevin Nash. And when they cast him, they were like, yeah, and we're going to have the scene where you pick him up and slam him against a wall. So we'll work out some harnesses or something. And Kevin Nash was like, oh, that's no need. And just picked up Thomas Jane and slammed him against a wall because he's Kevin Nash and he can do that. And but uh, when they got to the scene where Thomas Jane stabs uh, Kevin Nash in the shoulder, shoulder. And Kevin Nash does the like bad guy like, hey, 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 you think that stops me? So the prop master was off trying to pull some tail from some girl on the set. So Thomas Jane was just like, I know which knife it is and went and picked up the wrong knife. And they went and shot the film. And Thomas Jane just buried a real knife into Kevin Nash's shoulder. And then they called cut and Thomas Jane took his hand away and the knife stayed there. And Kevin Nash just said, huh, seems I've been stabbed. <laughs> and, they were, and everybody on set went, oh, my God, we got to get you to a hospital. And Kevin Nash said, oh, that's fine. Do you just have some like super glue or something? And glued himself <laughs> shut and continued the day. He's my fairy godmother. I super glue everything, every wound, every wound. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think I could love him more. And it's true because he's Tina's dad in Dead or Alive. He's a fucking gem in that. He played Thor in that Loki movie with that pilled out uh, (laughs) (laughs) Italian dude. Whatever the fuck is it? Richard Grieco. And remember he had his like uh, knee harness, his knee thing on for like half the fucking fight scenes. Because he just had knee surgery. And they're like, eh, fuck it. Leave it in. Thor's got therapeutic shit going on. Oh my god, I just love him he's, so much. He's he's delightful. Also, apparently the scene when uh the Russian throws the Punisher through a wall, they were at first like, Yeah, we'll figure out like a springboard and some breakaway walls or something, and Kevin Nash said, Or I could just throw Thomas Jane through the wall if you like. Okay, so he did. He just threw Thomas Jane through a wall, and that's what they used in the film. Wow. Uh, I, if I was really Thomas good. Jane, it's I'd great, be like man. No, thank you. This we'll was wait. after he had stabbed him, so I think it was kind of a, like, a, all oh. right, I guess I kind of got to let you. What about you, Jay? What, what do you think, Titty Bar Macbeth? How is that going to go? How's your night going to go? 
I actually see him putting on at least, if not a full production, an abridged production. And they're coming out in, in stripper clothing, right? But, like, oddly trying to emulate whatever period, uh, middle middle period of England that they're in that would be classic to Shakespeare. You know, but obviously tits out. <laughs> like um, the skull has fake eyelashes on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, some weird juxtaposition of, like, of stripper fashion and classic Shakespeare fashion. And I imagine that they would have theme drinks and probably a buffet. And I'm a terrible human being because I would go, I'm not doing any of that. And then I would get there and have a couple of drinks and be like, hook daddy up with the buffet before fucking Macbeth stabs his, stabs someone with that goddamn knife. I didn't think through that I would be drinking this scenario, but right. yeah, I wouldn't, I would not initially choose to eat the food at the strip club but like no. after three hours of drinking and stripper Macbeth, i would have a chair pulled up to the buffet and just... <laughs> once what's his face gets killed whoever plays him stills doing lap dances but with a sheet over them <laughs> Ooh, i'm a sexy ghost what if, what if it wasn't Macbeth though what what other shakespeare play would you like to see performed at a strip club not oh, cat no question i want the tempest <laughs> Stripper Prospero, are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Turning sailors into pigs? You got built-in costumes, man. The only way I'd want to see cats at the strip club is if they actually show off their buttholes like cats. (laughs) (laughs) I want the version of the movie we got robbed of. You know what's weird? Some of it might actually work better because they wouldn't, they probably wouldn't be trying to do that like fake old-timey English accent we all do for Shakespeare and like some of the jokes in Shakespeare have been lost to time because we don't pronounce things the right way. So there's puns right. in there that aren't processed right. as puns anymore. But strippers would probably get that right. It's like they're having a competition and Julius Caesar gets bumped off the stage when someone like went upside down to twerk and he was like, E2 Boote. Boom. <laughs> the jokes write themselves. The jokes See, write great. themselves. This has been a very long aside from a very short scene. That was the, that was my favorite joke in the film. I'm going to say it. That was my, the, the Macbeth strip club. What one of two, that was my favorite, like little aside. And my second was the student that had like 10 million kids. And Basically, John Lovitz is like, oh, you know, what did you learn about not using a condom and yada, yada? And she says, don't trust an at-home vasectomy kit. (laughs) They just glossed right by that. And it was the I laughed so fucking hard at that. There was like a couple like groans in the back. But I was just like, what an image. Like, I imagine seeing that at Dollar Tree next to the drug (laughs) test and the fucking pregnancy test. I could see an at-home vasectomy kit at the Dollar right. Tree. Right, right. Get some red that, vines, okay, get that. your dick snipped, a frozen burrito, a lighter for the weed you're going to smoke later, <laughs> and maybe a pack of gum. Okay, the at-home vasectomy kit was a good joke uh, for this movie, at least. I do have to correct you, though. She didn't have a million kids. She had three kids. I know that for a fact, because at the end of the movie, she's one of the six students who graduates, and she walks across stage with one of her babies, because, you know, we got to remind people who she was in the film. But then they cut to her boyfriend 
in the audience watching her graduate and he's holding the other two babies and i at this moment stop to think you couldn't manage one more baby for 30 goddamn <laughs> minutes so your wife or girlfriend or whatever could walk and get her diploma without a kid on her hip you fucking also she asshole. was pregnant she was pregnant they stated okay, that at the well, beginning Okay, yeah, but she was carrying that baby either way. I'm just upset at her boyfriend who wouldn't manage <laughs> no, three. No, I totally. Just no, no, two babies is all I'm taking. You go walk with your baby. Strap it on. Put it on a backpack. Duct tape it to you like an unruly <laughs> Delta customer. Is it United? Who's right. taping people? Time out. I just saw like my third person was, getting taped to a chair in a month where I'm like, I think that was American Airlines, the most recent one, at least. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'm not oh, no, saying I've 100% that. I've been on flights where that's responsible. I should ask my sister if she's had to duct tape anyone. Oh, my God. I feel like that would have yeah. come up, but you never know. Dave, obviously the multiple kid mom graduation scene upset you greatly. I got to hear yelling on my end when we drove a 59 Corvette off a cliff. Jay wailed like a wounded animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There was hurt Even in if his it was voice. Fake, it hurt. I mean, that bothered me, Chicky but run. not because of them throwing a gorgeous Corvette off of a cliff, because, you know, movies do that, whatever. That bothered me more for the fact that we've previously established that this school is so crime riddled that John Lovitz's crap box he rolls up to the school with, with four flat tires, gets stolen immediately. <laughs> and yet, apparently, her 59 Corvette, which later on the news we find out is so unique it is literally priceless, has not been stolen at any point that she's driving it to school she every day? She probably doesn't drive it to school every day. She probably picked him up in that for the dance. Okay. Also, it's, they didn't just blow it up to blow it up. They rebelled without a cause did. Right, right. They're, they're redoing Rebel Without a Cause, and Griff is trying to settle his differences with Paco. And they're going to do a chicky run, which is, you know, where they they drive toward a cliff. And then the the first person to dive out of their car before their car flies off of a cliff loses. It's better than a fight, according to John okay, Lovitz. He did that to avoid a fist fight. Not everything has to be all about violence. It can also be about insurance fraud. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But like. Okay, first of all, if you're going to play chicken, you there's the just tr traditional chicken where you just drive your cars at each other, and then whoever right. veers at the later moment is right. the chicken. You know, it's a classic for a reason. It holds up. Or okay. I don't understand why they're required to jump out of the car and still allow it to go over the cliff rather than whoever hits the brakes first <laughs> is the loser. Because like, one of the rules is you can't use the brakes. Right, but So you both have to lose and also lose your car? Yeah, apparently. Why does anyone participate in this? I uh, Not only that, right? Look at the cars that they use. Because Paco is driving a piece of shit. It's it's actually John Lovitz's car, right? Redone as a pizza car. So it's a piece of shit fucking vehicle. A Chrysler whatever. And Griff is sitting in a fucking hot rod. A muscle car. Right? It's got a fucking blower engine. A custom yeah, blower engine. Yeah, because he's got that gang money. But, like, if, if you have that kind of money, do you not have a shittier car that you could use for this? One, because it would be advantageous because you'd be slower, so you would be able to jump out after them. Two, because you're driving it off a goddamn cliff! <laughs> yeah, now I, I like just want to do tactics. chicky runs. 
Right, you just get the most horrible shit box. It literally won't do right. anything more than idling, so you can just wait till it's like six inches from the edge and step out. Hey, I win yeah. as it slowly slides over the edge and then just You're hangs because it didn't even it. have enough momentum to go all the way. <laughs> Why do you think just I got a fucking Geo bit. Metro? Right? <laughs> it's three cylinders. Three. It is school sucks month, so we need to talk about how high school high compared to our high school experiences, right? So... So anyone was anyone's high school literally located in the inner city? Literally? No, no, no not at all. Although I, well, I did get a strange parallel at the end of it when there were only six graduating students in their class, which the movie yeah. thought was a hilarious joke, and is not that large of a factor of a difference from my graduating class of forty. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you thought you were making a silly joke film, so you know. Very different school experiences from what was portrayed, but they converged at the end there, I guess. Can I point out that for us, it was a very different experience, but for some people we went to school with, that was the fantasy in their head. Yeah, this was very much what was going through their brain many, many days. You know, less guns in school dances, more shotguns in trucks, but otherwise... (laughs) High School High spends a lot of time pointing out that Paco doesn't go to the school, right? But he keeps showing up there. Did you guys have any adult creepers at your school? Okay, we did have like a 23-year-old in my ninth grade geography class. What? Yeah. Anyway, he was he, a student he did it to still. Gra- okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But on the other side of that, at graduation... I saw a whole bunch of people on the stage with me that I had never seen in my whole life. (laughs) In my whole life. I saw one kid that disappeared in 10th grade, and then he was just there. Like a tooth fairy that was getting free paper. So, So, so like, you're the main character, right? So does that mean he just you just wrote him out of the story for a while, and then your mind happened to just be like, oh, yeah, we need need extras. And we're right. not paying, but we are going to have a craft services table. So if you want to come, let me know. Do you guys remember when you were in high school and you'd have a new teacher write a substitute, a substitute, and they would have you do those stupid icebreaker questions? Or just at the beginning of every year, we had to do fucking icebreaker questions. Like, sure. Yeah, or at the beginning so. of the year. Did you get the kind of answers that we got in high school high? No. <laughs> I, I didn't know about the at-home vasectomy kits. Yeah, so I, high school high, I, the the icebreaker questions gave us the at-home vasectomy kit, mm-hmm. uh, which is a product I was unaware of. Uh, we also got some really dark poetry. Yes. Oh, okay, we did get some of that. <laughs> that we did get that some wasn't of that. too far off for some of the high school kids. No, that, was, that was pretty spot on, actually. I mean, it does show a remarkable lack of self-awareness for John Lovitz to walk into the school that has not only metal detectors on every door, but also just a loose pile of guns collected from the students on the other side of that metal detector. (laughs) And then to decide, I'm going to open my class with some icebreakers. Like, read the room, John. Come on. It does have some great staff and faculty, though, because when John Lovitz is just getting there, getting a cup of coffee, someone else walks up with a fucking fifth of booze and dumps it into his cup just, just out of the kindness of her heart. That was the librarian. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Bless She's her heart. She's a sweet woman. Right. I feel like librarians kind of get like shit on in films because they're either like 
The freak a leak that's trying to fuck Tom Berenger after a firefight, which, okay, girl, I see you. Or they're the, like, hard drinkers, secret drinkers. And to be fair, though, I have been at that party where someone just dumped booze in a mug for me and go, here. Uh, okay. All right. That's my night. I wish that we would have gotten more of that librarian like we did in The Substitute because I mm. think she would have been a welcome addition to the library fight in high school high, which I think was a bit of an homage to the substitute, perhaps. I don't know. They, they, came, they came out in the same that. year. So I'm not sure that they were, it was an homage, but they, they have a lot of similarities. Yeah. That's yeah, I think they're me. both just very lazy. <laughs> Maybe. Well, like, uh, you know, where are we going to have the fight? Uh, in the library? Uh, what are they going to mm -hmm. do? I just throw some books. Maybe sure. you know, somebody gets run into a shelf. Right. You yeah. use the cart. The librarian gets involved. There's some weird sexual tension between our mm. hero and the librarian. Right. Like I, I feel like there's only so many ways that you can write a library fight scene when, again, I got to reiterate, you are very lazy because the writers <laughs> of this film were just exceptionally lazy. I am, okay. With the exception of like three jokes, all of this, they just went for the most obvious joke they possibly could. It's don't be a menace if it's not self-aware. It's just really <laughs> bad. Yeah, it kind of, it without going all the way through, it kind of gave up 75% right. like, of the way through the jokes. Like there's that scene at the school dance where John Lovett says, oh, who would bring a gun into a school? And all of the gangsters reach into their coat and make the like gun cocking sound like that would be the scene in Don't Be a Menace where somebody would go on to pull out a bazooka and somebody else would go on to pull out a Nerf gun. But right. High right. School High just ended the joke there. And that <laughs> is Pepsi. OK, no. no, it's not OK. Pepsi OK. High. I want Coca-Cola. This is Pepsi. Don't be a menace. That's a very kind statement to you. That is a very kind thing Pepsi. for you to say about high school. High. You want a diet Coke? You got diet Pepsi because there's also, a, you know, oh, like no. I said earlier, there is that oh, flavor no? of like naked gun police story. It, it does have naked gun vibes, but again, it doesn't fully commit. To their credit, they did have a very, they had like three kinds of jokes in each scene. They had a visual joke. They had like a let someone trail off and then a slap you in the face joke. High School High is meant to be a parody of Dangerous Minds. In Portuguese, the film is even called Tacky Minds. So it, it but it, it <laughs> yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's it's really a parody, but it the substitute is, is the same kind of story. It's a little bit more violent than what you get out of Dangerous Minds. However, it works because they're kind of telling the same thing. So, the parallels, I think, are, are kind of stark. Um, so, I just rewatched the trailer, and I was incorrect. The trailer does not say it's from the producers of The Naked Gun. The trailer says it's from the homies who brought you Naked Gun. Um, so I checked and this was written by David fucking Zucker. So it's not even producer, same writer as naked gun and airplane and also several of the scary movies that aren't very good. So stopped clocks. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying I, I, 
I got I don't that know. feeling. I don't know. Casey, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Who's the better villain? Ernie Hudson or Louise Fletcher? <laughs> Ernie Hudson, because Ooh. power received is power achieved. Ooh, and that like line got me going. He just okay. said it with okay. like a, a glint in his eye, like he was going to ash catch him. Like he turned his little fucking head around. And he's like, I'm Ernie Hudson and I'm going to sell you smack. Yeah, I think the principal from this could have been a decent villain, but the movie's so goddamn busy trying to crack a Zucker joke every 2.7 seconds that it just doesn't bother to introduce her as a villain till we're basically done already. I was certainly done at that point. So she's not a good villain in that aspect. So, yeah, it's got to go to Ernie Hudson. Jay, who you got, Ernie Hudson or Louise Fletcher? Uh, I really, really like Louise Fletcher in this. She... Has a lot of fun with the role. I think she leans into being evil, but goddamn power achieved is power received. I don't even yeah. know if I know what that means. The more I say uh, it, maybe I don't understand. Power received is power achieved. I don't even remember the order, but Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. For sure. It doesn't matter how you got power if you have it. I, 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 I You know what it means? It doesn't matter if it makes sense if it rhymes. That's what the takeaway yeah, right. is. Right. And if you break a board while saying it. It's better than rhyming Atlantic with Atlantic. So, you know what? I want to hear that fucking mixtape. I want Ernie Hudson maybe writing for Rick Ross. Okay. What What was your favorite John Lovitz joke in this? I'm not going to say it's my favorite because it is not a good joke, but it is the one that has probably stuck out with me the most. So, while John Lovitz's students are taking the... Uh, college entrance exam we get a little montage back and forth of them <laughs> taking the test and then john lovitz passing the time at home you know watching trashy television giving himself a haircut with a floby which was a weird <gasps> flashback for me <laughs> yeah but then also he has <laughs> what appears to be say. like some type of gas powered genital fondler <laughs> It's got bicycle <laughs> handles and two, like, mechanical hands. Yeah. Fingers. <laughs> Fingering. Yeah, like little little skeleton-looking Halloween hands. Right, and I don't understand at all what this is doing for him, because as far as I can tell, the best thing he's doing is this thing's just kind of juggling the balls a bit. <laughs> but he's making a facial expression that appears as though he enjoys it. I don't know if that's to like keep circulation going down there. I don't know. I mine's a John Lovett's adjacent joke of during the library scene, half of the hits that uh Tia Carrere has like takes are from John Lovett's. He beats the shit out of her accidentally, he magoos his way through this fight, hits her more than he hits Paco. And so when her and Paco go head to head again, she says you don't have Clark here to help you out. So it's just me versus you because she basically John Lovitz beat the shit out of her through the whole movie. She was good. And I also, it was a very, like, it really makes sense that a Zucker wrote this because her jokes where she would, and I'm not just saying that cause I had sex with him. Like that is spot on <laughs> yeah. for them, but she delivered them very well. And if she yes. had been delivering that line of clock, if she had been delivering that line across from Leslie Nielsen, it would have landed 10 times better for me. Yes. Because his fucking face. God, I love his face. All right. I think 
we've worked our way through high school high. So the important question is, would you watch it again? Um, no, I would absolutely not watch high school high again. This was so goddamn lazy and just, and there's yeah. a joke every three seconds and maybe one in 12 really lands for me. And it has not aged well at all. So I, wow. yeah, uh, and wow. like, looking over the list of parody films that I could watch, this one is so far down on the list that it's just, it's not even going to factor in there. No, I'm definitely not watching high school high again at any point. Wow. And I was slightly wow. upset uh, when Ew. Coolio's gangsters paradise appears in both the film and was used heavily in the trailer, but also Getting that Hollywood money is very on brand. So I retract that one. Cash the check. I respect the game. Good on you for Gangster's Paradise in the trailer. Bad on everybody else involved with this film. John Lovitz, you're on thin fucking ice. <laughs> Casey, wow. how about you? You seem very shocked by my reaction. So I, let's see what you've got. High school high. Would you watch it again? Uh, not anytime soon but this was my first viewing of this film and I thought it was all right I thought it was just <laughs> fine John Lovitz is always a gem I love him to the day I die I love Guillermo Diaz I love yeah. Mackay Pfeiffer I cannot think of the goth girl the goth poetry girl's name but she killed it too as like the hot weirdo uh, yes, I would watch this again. I'm not going to wow. run out to see Ow. it again. And yeah, it is super dated. It opens with a fucking artist formerly known as Prince joke. But it it's just I don't know. I I'm a I'm a love it slut. What about you, Jay? 1996's High School High. Would you watch it again? High School High has some genuinely good jokes. Although they might be, like you said, Casey, a bit dated. But I laughed at the Prince joke. And I laughed when they had a malt liquor dispenser in the school that wraps the beverage in brown paper bags. It's both appealing and hilarious. Mm, and I kind of enjoyed the fire hose of jokes at times. Like sometimes there's just so much going on that I spent time looking at things that I might not necessarily look at in a movie. That being said, a lot of the jokes don't land and some of the criticism jokes end up being tired or they feel like they're trying to do way too much work to put, to put the plot together. I mean, what do you mean? Everyone loses their car on the first day. Like how is I, I, it's just not a funny joke, but I'm not sure that there's not something else buried in a film that tries to get some legitimate criticism of race and education mashed between a boomer joke about first pressing records and sex as a dance. So it makes me a little bit curious. So despite being kind of <laughs> meh and a little boring at times and kind of not funny, I'm probably going to have to at least give it one more watch, which I think <sighs> is what I say every time I watch High School High. <laughs> so disappointed in you. So the verdict is in. Dave is the Lonely Island. Two out of three of us would watch High School High again, but we encourage you to watch it and let us know what you think. Did you agree with Casey and I because we're smart and pretty? Or do you think Dave's wrong? Yeah, yell at me on Instagram, Casey.Sim. <laughs> Dave, what are we watching next week? All right. I have had enough 
I think, of the evil principal secretly selling drugs that need to be stopped by a white guy that shows up to an inner city ghetto school. <laughs> it's just strange that we've had that twice in a row already. So we're going to change up the pace a little bit and go for what is uh, intentionally a comedy. Uh, we all know where Ryan Reynolds got his breakout role as the lovely Van Wilder and was typecast for the rest of his life. We're not watching that. We're watching oh. Van Wilder 2, The Rise of Taj. Oh, oh, that's yeah. where Did they you went know Van Wilder got a sequel? Yeah, no. it's Taj. Okay. Thanks, Dave. I'm going to go dig out my Von Dutch hat so I can watch this for next week. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Cinema, Twitter at Bad Movies Bad People, Instagram at Casey.Cinema, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or ShittyCinema.com. Check the description below if you didn't catch all that. And if you want to help us out, give us a thumbs up on Facebook or share this podcast with friends. In the meantime, let's turn out the lights, get your snack from your house, mother, and be careful not to get the milk of human kindness on the customers. It's a Macbeth quote. It was a Macbeth. <laughs>